this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Work podcast. In an earlier podcast, we spoke about some of the really cool things happening technology-wise at Disney, even as it relates to IT. We'll look in this podcast at real challenges Disney is facing and how they have consistently struggled with making improvements, adopting innovation, or working across the board instead of in silos. We'll consider how organizations like Disney are re-looking at whether they should have a dedicated IT department at all, and if not, what it might look like. And we'll explore options for Disney to get this right moving forward, especially as they explore the metaverse. Remember, when we talk about the primary thing that upsets Disney guests and fans more than any one thing, it's Genie Plus. It's a paid product centered around technology. And yet this may be just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all things innovation-wise. Technology matters at Disney, and Disney has to turn it around, especially if it wants to go into the metaverse. Now, you may want to connect with my Disney at Work uh, post, uh, Disney at Work, or the post that we have on DisneyAtWork.com. You can also subscribe there so you're notified of podcasts as they come out. You can also go to DisneyAtPlay.com where you can be notified of podcasts from there as well. And we appreciate you joining us as we go through this conversation. This is, again, there is a previous podcast you may want to go back to. We'll have a link for that in the show notes that I just referred you to. Uh, but we're going to get kind of honest about what's maybe not working uh, technology-wise at Disney. Let's go back to 2019, specifically D23. And during that time, they announced something called Disney Genie. The idea that it would make your experience at Disney even better and easier than ever before. In the interim, well, they had COVID. But COVID gave Disney a window of time with even the parks closed to focus on IT opportunities like this. And by the way, you don't even get to D23. If you haven't studied out the matter, if you haven't created a proposal of what you're going to do, if you don't have uh, a budget for doing it, if you don't have a project plan for completing it, you don't even get up in D23 and announce before the world you got some really great... IT solution coming down the pike if you haven't even done your homework to begin with. Notwithstanding, given even the extra time of COVID, um, and by the way, I should also mention the extra uh, insight that comes from having done this at Disneyland Paris, Hong Kong, in um, Shanghai, they've been doing this kind of paid fast pass type system for some time. So this isn't anything new. And yet, when it premiered in the fall, just a few months ago, uh, it often went down. It failed to consistently do what it was intended to do. It was confusing to navigate. 
Um, it bump it just landed all at one time. They didn't put it out in stages or kind of try one piece and then add to the next. And it suffered from poor nomenclature, poor marketing, poor communication, poor whatever, trying to understand what it's all about. What's a you know extended lightning lane as opposed to a lightning lane? What's Genie versus Genie Plus? How does it differ from, from Fast Pass? All of those kinds of things. <clears throat> and by the way, it was also intended to be the basis for artificial intelligence. You tell it what kind of day you want to have in Disney parks and it's going to give you the best itinerary possible. More than any other thing that is wrong with Genie, and not that I'm happy about paying for your fast pass, but more than any other thing, is that AI thing it ain't working. There is nothing brilliant about that. And in fact, uh, as as it just doesn't even, it, it's not even really what I would call an artificially intelligent, savvy product. So this is why I have a concern about Disney going into the metaverse. Let me give you another example, one that goes back a little further. You'll recall that when we created My Magic or My Disney Magic at Disney, they spent over a billion dollars to get that all pulled together and make that happen. But in truth, that ended up being a very siloed situation where the operations team from Walt Disney World all came together, but it didn't have the blessing or involvement or collaboration really in any substantive way with Imagineering. So again, I scratch my head and go, if you can't get that right. Now, by the way, these were the things, remember, you went by, it's a small world, you had your magic band on, it's, you know, greeted you in some language, uh, or it made a poster with your name on it in rock and roller coaster. Well, there were more things, there were, there were glamour posters put on in Hollywood Brown Derby on the wall that people don't even know, that never even came to life, I don't think. Because it wasn't, it, it, it didn't have the backing of the entire organization. So again, I scratch my head and go, you're going to make it to the metaverse? You're going to have to be a lot less siloed. Oh, by the way, talk about silos. Well, you know, we talked about one Disney some time ago. That was Meg Crofton's project to create one Disney across a property. I knew one Disney wasn't succeeding because you would go through security at one park and see a totally different system for security in another park. So just a simple idea that, hey, we ought to get on the phone and compare, much less collaborate. I don't, that wasn't even happening back in there. And, and it, it manifested itself 10 times over when it came to technology or IT or anything of that nature. This company doesn't even have all of its email systems on one, on one, in one place. Everybody, Pixar's going, doing their thing. Lucasfilm does, well, I can almost understand that there were mergers. Fox, I understand that. But even within the company, Imagineering has a different system than the studios, has a different system than operations. Then you go international. There is no one Disney. And yet you're going to come together as one Disney to create new high-tech worlds. That's a big flag in my mind.
I know of two projects. If they were just simply greenlit right now, they would make the company considerably more per cap, more revenue. And these aren't even things that that would, you know, like hiking the price or putting in Genie Plus or making people pay for something they weren't paying for before. This is just making it easier for people to do business with you. I know one project that has been on hold for months and it would do a whole lot to increase revenue. I can't tell you what the project is because I don't want to give away those individuals or people. But here's this problem is you can't even look at basic obvious opportunities and see the per cap and move toward those. Meanwhile, the executive vice president of digital and global chief technology officer for Disney Parks experiences and products for the Walt Disney Company, Tilak Mandari, who was the first to go out there and share the idea of Disney being in the metaverse, left last year and joined MGM Resorts International. That is a gaming group, really. It's more about casinos than it is about resorts. But notwithstanding, why was this individual who apparently had this vision of what could be is suddenly over at MGM? Let me tell you, that ain't, that ain't a step up. That isn't an opportunity. And it says to me that internally something's not working right and that we're not at the right place for moving technology forward. Now, Diane Jurgens now sits as the Executive Vice President of Enterprise Technology and Chief Information Officer for the Walt Disney Company. I'd like to give her all the window and the opportunity to be successful. I do have a question when I read the resume that her last gig was BHP, a multinational mining and petroleum company. Not that I have problems with mining and petroleum companies. I'm not going to be politically correct here. I'm just thinking there wasn't anybody in a more customer-facing organization. There wasn't anybody in a social media-style organization that could be at the helm here. Because after all, we're not digging any more than what the dwarfs are doing in the diamond mine. What we're trying to do is entertainment and it requires new forms of technology to make that happen. Do we have the right fit here? I'm just asking the question. By the way, that same organization is now being reorganized into a more centralized unit. On the surface, it makes sense. After all, I just talked about how even the email systems are miles apart. This helps remove some of those silos. But you have to understand, just because you reorganize into some new form does not make you, does not make your employees want to go to work all the more, does not engage or empower or really bring a level of excitement and enthusiasm to your employees and such more. As a result, I believe there is a drainage of good IT labor moving out of Disney. I do know there is a good drainage of IT outages going on every day. Many of them are big outages that keep the guests from enjoying the parks, not only from doing that, but from the company keep incurring revenue. Just keeping your system on every day is an important part of being in this business. Did you know, I mean, there's been all this talk about Imagineering moving from California to Florida. Did you know that by and large, the IT arm of the organization is moving forward? I think that's a great idea. 
But it does make me wonder, are the people who were part of that strategy coming with it? Or is that part of the drain? What are you going to have to do in terms of bonus options? What are you going to have to do in order to entice the best of the best to work for you? Because without the best of the best, I have a hard time believing you are going to successfully get a leg into the metaverse. Much less fix my Genie Plus this week. As an example, allow me to offer a couple of different ways my family and I have been impacted by technology, by innovation, by IT, by those kinds of issues in the parks. First, who was, perhaps is, the largest shareholder at Disney? Well, at the time, Pixar was acquired, it was Steve Jobs. Now you would think that Steve, having been in that position before he passed away, that the company would have put the benefits of a magic band on an iPhone or an Apple Watch. Or at least just put the park ticket there. Well, it finally got around to that not too long ago. But even now when I use it, the app keeps flipping back to my son's ticket, not mine. I have his ticket on, I have my ticket on, it's in the credit card thing. You turn to his, his is a figment, mine is the parrot from Pirates. I put it on mine at the Pirates and it flips back to figment. It's a little thing, but the same thing happens all the time between, whether it's on my phone or it's on my watch. Actually, it seems to have fallen off my watch. Eventually, you just get to a point where you just pull out your wallet and get the hard copy ticket. It's a little thing, but you'd think by now they'd have that one down too. The second example is that the app on the phone and the door system operating in all Disney resorts can experience failure. This happened on an occasion where my wife had gotten to um, kind of gotten locked out of the room with my uh, autistic son and was not able to get back into the room because the system had gone down on the phones. And so the key would not pull up on the phones. Uh, now, if you had had a magic band or if you had had a hard copy ticket, you could have just waved that and you would have gotten in. But they didn't have either of that. My son didn't want to leave the room because he felt like he was not going to be able to go back. There's a whole bunch of things going on there. But the long and the short is, is that you get into a thunderstorm and all of a sudden the system is down and you can't get back into your room unless you have a hard copy ticket or, or you know, you have your, your key to the uh, key to the magic card or a magic band. And this case, the phone offered nothing of help to her and it left her stranded in that situation. In a third example, it was two weeks into the beginning of Genie that I was actually able to book in Genie Plus. Though the IT team I was working with was helpful, um, the error was largely due to the fact 
that I had too many people on my account over the time. Now that's that doesn't usually happen to the degree that um, that it would happen with most. Most people just have their family members. But even then, if you were to bring your cousins and aunts and uncles and that type of thing, you'd have you'd have the same problem. The problem with this situation was due to the fact that I couldn't remove these parties, but it wasn't because I couldn't remove those parties then. It was because I hadn't been able to remove those parties for the last four years. You couldn't go into your app and take out parties that had been coupled with you for use for when I was trying to get fast passes for them. And so this had gone on for several years and it wasn't until two weeks into the use of Genie that they realized that the reason why my bookings weren't going through was because in the back end, unbeknownst to me, even un, I couldn't even see them, were all these old parties that had accumulated that had not been properly deleted by, um, by, uh, by IT. Again, it's, these are just examples of um, of situations that have given me headaches along the way. And they're backed up by countless times. The system isn't down. It's not accepting your ID password. Oh, my goodness. The, and, and by the way, what happened just recently where you changed your password on Disney Plus and it affected your password on the my Disney, why why were the two even linked at that time? Anyway, when all these events occur, you begin to really wonder if Disney can really be a leader in the metaverse. I mean, I can see Facebook out there trying to do it, uh, maybe not doing it ethically, but I can at least see that they've got power behind them in terms of software capability. I also see the potential of a metaverse that is intermingled with the physical theme park experience that only Disney can offer. But at the same time, the IT is not working. All that's said and done, Genie Plus for good or evil, and this is the irony of ironies. Genie Plus for good and evil is making a boatload of money right now. Many lightning lanes are filled up with guests in the queue and most individual lightning lane attractions like Rise and Ratatouille are gone within the first hours of the morning. Whether you like Genie or Genie Plus or not, the fact of the matter is, is people are buying it and people are utilizing it. And to that degree, uh, the result that I have heard of from a couple of different areas um, is that the team responsible for having done all this is actually feeling really positive. Perhaps they're pleased that it has sold out or made the per cap goals that they had really wanted. Perhaps they are in some kind of group think and they just aren't fully aware of the little bugs that occur when things go wrong or just simply the frustration. Regular guests, I'm not talking about annual pass holders or podcasters or vloggers or people like me in the know are having, but just regular challenges that guests are having, trying to figure it all out and getting it right. Meanwhile, Bob Chapek makes a new announcement with respect to the metaverse.
as he promotes Mike White as Senior Vice President, Next Generation Storytelling and Compelling Experiences. Let me just read this message that Bob had shared with, with um, cast members. For nearly 100 years, our company has defined and redefined entertainment by leveraging technology to bring stories to life in deeper, most more impactful ways. Some of these innovations, like the first synchronization of sound and animation, or the revolutionary work of ILM and Pixar, come to life on screen. Others, like our pioneering of audio animatronics, come to life in the physical world. Today, we have an opportunity to connect those universes and create an entirely new paradigm for how audiences experience and engage with our stories. Now, let me just stop and say, this is where Bob Chapek ought to be. Bob Chapek ought to be looking strategically at the future. He ought to be looking at new opportunities and taking risks. That's what, that's what leaders do. He goes on to say, this is the so-called metaverse, which I believe is the next great storytelling frontier and the perfect place to pursue our strategic pillars of storytelling excellence, innovation, and audio focus. Those we covered in a previous podcast as his three goals, which I'm, I'm completely behind. Teams across the company are exploring this new canvas, and I have been blown away by what I've seen. Hmm. Well, I'm interested myself. Let's keep going. To help connect these in-flight efforts as well as the work underway to create a more unified Disney experience for consumers, I've asked Mike White, who currently leads consumer experiences and platforms in our media and entertainment distribution group, to take on a new role, Senior Vice President, Next Generation Storytelling and Consumer Experiences. Not big on the title, but let's keep going anyway. Reflecting the importance of connecting the physical and digital worlds to this work, Mike will report to both Kareem Daniel and Josh DiAmaro. While the storytelling that will define our metaverse presence will of course emanate from our creative teams, Mike will establish our overall vision and strategy for the consumer journey through these new story worlds. I don't know why he doesn't say guess journey. I, he keeps saying consumer. He just sounds like he's selling He's selling dolls on the side, toys or merchandise. As part of this, Mike will quickly assemble a structure and put in place processes to prioritize and allocate resources, explore partnerships, and facilitate knowledge learning. Mike will also lead a task force that will include senior leaders from key disciplines across the company, including technology, strategy, and of course, storytelling. Mike brings to this role 25 years of technology leadership experience, and he has a track record of driving innovation, pushing boundaries, and creating meaningful partnerships. In addition to more than a decade in Silicon Valley, Mike has led product and technology teams across multiple business units here and has a history of enabling transformation, especially when it comes to bridging the physical and digital worlds. I could not be more excited by the potential for Disney to once again set the bar for a new way of telling stories, and I ask that you support Mike and his team and the task force in its important work. So a couple of key points along this. First off, it says that Mike is reporting to Josh Diamaro, who's over the whole parks and consumer products division, and Kareem Daniel. If you don't know who he is, he's the chairman of Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution for the company. So 
that's who he's reporting to in this um, position. Um, what kind of concerns me is it does not paint an image that technology is a driver for technologically based solutions. Now, I have to admit, Disney is a storytelling company. It's not a technology company. But at the same time, all the stories you want to tell aren't going to get you very far if you really aren't commanding the technology behind it. One wonders how many in the C-suite at Disney are really tech-savvy and really know the business of technology. If the metaverse is major, how are C-suite employees supporting the strategy of that? How is How technology savvy are those who are leading a strategy that requires some real serious technology? Furthermore, they gave the example of, for instance, Pixar and animatronics and, and um, even the advent of of sound and Mickey, I don't really see the Ed Catmulls. Ed Catmulls was um, responsible for the CG science behind Pixar. I don't see the Ed Catmulls, the tech leaders who are going to make technology rise for the metaverse here. I don't see um, UBI Works who made um, uh, made multi-plane cameras and other cinematic um, innovations possible. I don't see his equivalent here. And I don't see the equivalent of leading Imagineers like a, a Bob Gurr or Exitensio. I just don't see that part of the organization there. And I it, it leads me to question whether they can truly drive a metaverse when they don't necessarily have that kind of resource available to them. At least, I haven't seen that put onto, on display. It's in keeping with this, I want to share for you, uh, for, with you an article that was written in the um, uh, Wall Street Journal, um, and it was done by Joe uh, Pepard. So I'm gonna quote a couple of pieces out of this. He asks the question, um, it's, well, he doesn't ask the question. He makes a statement. It's time to get rid of the IT department. It made sense in a bygone era when technology was separate from the business. Now it just hurts both. He goes on to say, no man is an island and the IT department shouldn't be one either. Despite their mission, which often talks about driving corporate-wide innovation and digital transformation, Chief information officers, as head of these departments, are frequently reduced to running a metaphorical island. Just look at any organization structure and you're very likely to see a rectangular box labeled IT with its own management hierarchy and budget. But here's the sad fact. Having an IT department is exactly what will prevent companies from being innovative, agile, um, customer focused, and digitally transformed. That's because IT departments are for a bygone era and are ill-suited to the demands of a digital first world. We all love to complain about our IT departments, blaming the people in them and their leaders for living in their own worlds and being unresponsive to business needs. 
but our complaints are misguided. The problem isn't with the people or with the leaders, it's with the whole idea of IT departments in the first place, which sets up IT to fail. The encouraging news, and he goes on to say, there are some examples of where they've got this, um, they've got this right and where they're doing it much better. And he goes on to give those examples. Um, that he, he gives, he goes, um, uh, dee, 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 dee. Uh, he goes on to say, it made sense when there was business and there was technology. Today, while departments may have um, uh, new names like global digital solutions, the idea of curling all the staff with knowledge and expertise deemed necessary to manage IT into one organizational unit no longer makes sense. Leaving IT decisions and activities to a department that is figuratively and sometimes physically far from the so-called core business is a recipe for disaster. After all, technology is no longer an option, something distinct. It is a competitive necessity. COVID-19 has only reinforced the fact that most organizations can't survive without tech. It is deeply infused with the work of staff, a core enabler of business models, and driver of the customer experience. The problem starts with what I think of as the partnership engagement model, which is a natural growth of having a separate IT department that is promoted as a partner to the business. Which, by the way, let me just stop here. That's basically what they said that Chapik said. He is going to partner with parts of the organization such as technology um, in actually leading out the metaphors. Um, while intuitively appealing, who wouldn't want to be seen as a partner? This model positions the IT island as a supplier mandated to build IT solutions and deliver services to the mainland. And it inevitably means that the metrics by which the IT department is measured are often irrelevant to the success of the business. Imagine you're the head of manufacturing. Your responsibilities are very clear. If an order comes in from the sales team, you can look at plant capacity and see if you can fulfill it or not. If you can't, you look at how things could change so you meet the order. Late with the promised delivery to a customer, this will be the fault of your logistics colleagues. Badly made products coming off the product production line, that's your job to fix. That kind of logic exists for all areas of business. It may not be perfect, but it works, except that it is with technology. Go to most IT departments and ask how they are measured, and it's almost always inputs. Money, money they have spent, systems that don't break down, or projects that come in and on time, on budget. But there's almost nothing about the contributions that technology is making to business outcomes. In other words, Deploying technology on time, on budget, meeting the specs, which the partnership model is really designed for, doesn't correlate with success. The value of a business a business gets from technology doesn't come from its possession. Success isn't about building and managing IT uh, systems. I won't further, this is a great article and I recommend uh, you, you study it, uh, particularly if you have an IT division but I, there seems to be some evidence that some of the problems this article mentions manifest itself at Disney. One evidence of why there is a problem is the original My Magic or My Disney Magic, 
which was put forward by Park Operations. You may recall a couple of years ago, there was a big article of spending over a billion dollars to create My Disney Magic. Yeah, FastPass Plus was a big billion dollar project and it had little input when it was created from Imagineering. The use of those silos is precisely what will make the metaverse fail moving forward. You've got these departments are off to the side and not everybody is one, one IT. In fact, that's what there needs to be, one IT. At Disney, on day one, one of the things they teach you is everyone picks up trash. Now, of course, there's some dedicated to housing, hosing sidewalks, cleaning toilets, or hauling away bags of garbage. But so it is with IT. Everyone must support the IT function while still allowing dedicated IT functions to handle such areas as storage and security. A big issue with the silos is that the technology people who run interactive activities in the attractions are not with parks, are, are with parks and not resorts. For instance, one of the questions with the Skyliner, or the cruise uh, ship, the, the, the Star Cruiser, is, is whether or not the IT is organized there to keep that Star Cruiser up and running up on the bridge. So the, all those interactive games and everything that's involved, that requires a whole team of people to keep that up and running. Imagine you go up to the bridge to save the day and the whole system freezes over. Well, it's one thing if you're playing the, um, the uh, Muppet game on the cruise ship and have that game down for a little while or even for the stay of your, your cruise. You can always just hit the pool instead. But to have that kind of technology, which is far more sophisticated, go down on that Star Cruiser and not, and not have the kind of systems in place to keep it backed up and keep it moving, all of this is... is is at the heart of the problems I am seeing or that I predict to see happening with, uh, with technology. And it manifests itself in a bigger level as Disney gets ready to go into the metaverse. Again, I think Disney ought to go in the metaverse. I just don't think that they've got it together, that they're organized for it, that they've got the right resources and that they really know how to do it. And when you can't pull off Genie and Genie Plus and basic other kinds of IT activity, how do you think you're going to be able to do this bigger thing? In the end, organizations that see, succeed in this area need agility. Agility is needed for the organization to effectively move forward, especially with high-tech needs. The dictionary definition of the term is marked, is quote, marked by an ability to think quickly, mentally acute or aware. Standard command and control organizations are typically burdened with bureaucratic silos and cultures that reinforce multi-phase processes that inhibit fast decisions and a quick response. On the other hand, agile organizations are characterized as a collection of integrated high-performing teams that are highly aligned, clearly communicating, communicating, rapid learning and fast acting. These traits uh, position agile organizations to adapt. 
Agility is the nimbleness and ability of organizations to respond to circumstances and conditions around them. I struggle to think Disney is agile. I think it has gotten too thick, too big, too bureaucratic, too siloed. And if it can't get agile, I cannot imagine that it's going to be able to pull off what lies ahead. Is it the right vision? Yes. But are you equipping yourself to complete that vision? I'm not sure. Walt Disney once said, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Well, <laughs> impossible may be what the metaverse is describing here for Disney. What Disney wants to do, however, is not impossible. It's just implausible. If you don't have an agile team, if you don't have the right people, if you haven't structured yourself and put yourself in a place to do the impossible. It is possible for Disney to do the impossible. It's just implausible where it's at right now. Now, with many Disney at Work articles, I offer souvenirs for you and your organization. These are ideas, concepts, and questions that relate back to your own world and what you do. Ask yourself, what is the metric for assessing how good an IT group is that you have? Are you a technology company or are you a company with an IT department on the side? Can you afford the latter in the 21st century? How do you create a one IT where everyone has a responsibility toward technology, not just a few? How is the isolation of an IT department keeping you from being a technology company? How are technology, how technology savvy are leaders who are leading a strategy around technology? Who are experts you are bringing in to do things you have never done before? And how agile is the organization as people for attempting something that is truly out of the box? It is fun to do the impossible, but you gotta set yourself up to do it. And that's what lies ahead for the Walt Disney Company. Well, thank you for joining me for this Disney at Work podcast. I hope that I've enlightened you on some things that I think you can only find here because we're talking about issues that are really the bleeding edge of where Disney is going and what is working and what is not working. Definitely check out the links and other things that we have on our post at Disney at Work, but also check out our Wayfinder Society. That is our Patreon group dedicated to exploring topics like this and providing interactive tools, ideas, and concepts that might help your organization succeed, whether it's in leadership, customer service, or just simply getting your employees on board to doing the things they need to do. So check out the Wayfinder Society. Finally, thanks for joining us and being a part in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.